All right, you ready? Yes. So let's do it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 53 of the What Makes Us Human podcast. Over there is JR, and right here is John Lindemann. JR, how are you? Pretty good. It's It's been a busy day. I hadn't really been home a lot today, but uh, overall, it's it's been pretty good. How about you? Yep, nice weather. Real pretty outside. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah, watched a little TV this afternoon. Took some notes on this particular subject matter. Yeah, I watched the Braves lose another one this afternoon. It was frustrating. Who'd they lose to? Marlins. Oh, okay. Baseball. Yep. Yeah. I love baseball. Yeah. All right. Kind of tired. Same. Same. So, episode 53, this is a good one, um, because I feel like the ones I do are a little broad. <laughs> I, the whole point of this podcast is they're all a little broad. Yeah. Like, you know, it can it can be whatever we want to talk about. That's right, yeah. Um, so, my last one that I picked was the whys of why, which was, I mean, basically whatever you want to talk about in the whole universe. <laughs> um, and then we did Serial. And today we're talking about, we're kind of talking about a lot, but not. We're talking about lore and one particular story in general that comes from our area. In fact, this is probably, what, three miles from where we sit? Yeah, probably not even that far. Maybe a mile and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, today we're talking about lore and specifically um, a local thing lore that is tied to a historical event from our area here um, in Iredale County, North Carolina, the train crash of the Boston Bridge. I've always heard, growing up here, I've always heard it pronounced Boston Bridge. Oh, really? Like the city, even though it's not spelled that way. Right. Yeah, we struggle with a lot of that. Like, uh, not, well, too far, not too far from here uh, is Stallings. But it's spelled like you would say stout, stylings, hmm. or if I got that reversed. They're real picky about that down there in Union yeah. County. It's S-T-A-L-L-I-N-G-S. I think they call it stylings, but it's it looks like it'd be stallings, you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, we have Concord, North Carolina here. Yeah. Uh, which is pronounced completely different from Concord. Every, yeah, I think everybody else says Concord. At least they do up north. Yeah. And which to me, conquered sounds like the word that has a Q in it. Not, conquer. Yeah. Yeah. Alexander the Great conquered people. Yeah. Um, and to go along with this, to continue the mispronunciation thing, I think the guy's name for our county, I'm pretty sure he, I've heard that he, he said that he was James Iredale, but we pronounce the county James Iredale. We pronounce it Iredale County. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody that comes here from outside, even I, when I came from Guilford County, I thought it was Iredale County. If you say Iredale, it's pretty clear you ain't from around here. Right. Yeah. But it's probably the correct pronunciation, from what I can tell. Welcome to the English language. Yes. Proper nouns have no correct pronunciation. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll get into the train crash. Um some people died in this train crash in 1891, and what has happened since, we'll go ahead and end it, and then we'll backpedal. 
what has happened since is uh, you have people literally walking on this train track on this bridge at night, ghost hunting, walking around at the base of the bridge, especially at the anniversary. Yep. Yeah. On August 27th of any given year, you'll have a couple of numbskulls uh, down at, in the bottom of the bridge and up at the top walking around. Um, and we've even had an event happen, and we'll get into that, uh, where at one of the anniversary times uh, something bad happened because numbskulls were out walking around in the middle of the night kind of thing. Actually, yep. it's very early in the morning, Yep. But uh, which is also the middle of the night. So... The lore that's tied with this is, I guess, I haven't heard a lot of specifics on this, but that um, you can see the train coming, the ghost train. Yes. Coming at you. Okay. Yeah, people walk, walk out on the bridge, yeah, on the anniversary, around the time, to see the ghost train come down the tracks. That's weird. I mean, I have sat... In my buddy's Jeep on a gravel road at midnight, way out in Wilkes County, uh, looking at an abandoned church because there was this legend that this person would come out at the stroke of midnight, you know, kind of thing. I was young, I was in my early 20s, but I've never sat somewhere and literally waited on a ghost form of transportation <laughs> to come barreling down at me. Whether it was a carriage, a Ford Escort, or a train. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, I th so, ghost objects. Now, I know that if you believe in ghosts, people never say the ghost was naked. Okay. You know? Yeah. That's important. Yeah. So, the very fact that there's ghost clothing, that's a wrinkle, no pun intended. That's weird that there would be ghost objects. Mm, okay. You get what I'm saying here? Yeah. Makes it's sense. like if you if you saw a ghost and he was smoking a cigarette, you're like, there's a ghost cigarette? That's weird. And I guess if you don't believe in ghosts, you think the same thing about the person, him or herself, that, that there would be a ghost to begin with. But the lore is passed down through word of mouth. Uh, Milton S. Hershey's famous, the best advertisement is word of mouth. Um, and lore is kind of proof of that. And as it's told, over time, um, it gets bigger. It's like a fishing story. It gets bigger and baddier and bloodier and scarier. And it all started with a little bitty shadow out in the woods. And two centuries later, somebody saw, um, as Aaron Mankey once said on the Lore Podcast, Abraham Lincoln in a hot tub in the woods. You know? It just gets out of hand. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this Boston Bridge thing, um, it happened in the little itty-bitty town of Statesville, North Carolina. Statesville was established in 1789 by an act of the North Carolina legislature. Um, by 1800, little old Statesville had a population of 95. 95 people. That's just a few families. That's little. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the population in 2019 in that census... 27,000. I was shocked that it's still that low. Yeah. That's little. Yeah, uh, Statesville... 24 square miles. Statesville hasn't grown as much as no. other parts of the county. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And people complain about that around here, but, the, but we don't have the roads yeah. 
I mean, you think traffic's bad now? Yeah. Yeah, right. Let's let's go ahead and grow a little and see how much you like that. Yeah. Um, 1753, the Scotch-Irish, Presbyterians, and some German Lutherans settled here. And it was called the Fourth Creek Congregation. And if you're from the Statesville area, you're very familiar with like Third Creek and Fourth Creek. There's a lot of this like Fourth Creek Apartments, Third Creek School, Fourth Creek School kind of thing. And evidently, that nomenclature, is that the right word? Okay. Um, denotes the Fourth Creek west of the Salisbury Settlement. That's pretty cool. I did not know that. Okay. So the Third Creek and then Fourth Creek, so that's the Third and Fourth Creek west of Salisbury. Sure. I can picture where Third Creek is right off the top of my head. But as many things around here are, are named after Fourth Creek, I'm actually having a hard time. I feel like... Maybe Fourth Creek is one of those that might have been rerouted a little bit with settlement over time, with building over time. Fourth Creek is right there at Walmart, right? Is that at Fourth Creek? Yeah. Okay. That's Free Nancy. All right. Yeah, the old people call it Free Nancy because when it rains a lot, and she gets out. Big time. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think it might be called Free Nancy Boulevard. Yeah. One of the roads over there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're getting extremely local here. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Fourth Creek west of Salisbury. Salisbury being in Rowan County, which is an adjacent county to Iredale County. Uh, 1789, Statesville is chosen as the seat um, of Iredale County. The year before, Rowan was split. And, all okay, here's another name. So, it's not Rowan Atkinson as Mr. Bean. It's Rowan Atkinson. Okay. So it was originally probably Rowan County. Okay. But we as Southerners call it Rowan County. Yeah. Um, love Mr. Bean. Love <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. Uh, 1788, the state legislature went ahead and divided Rowan County and created Iredale, and now Statesville is the county seat, the little itty-bitty town of Statesville. Yep. Uh, 1833, if we fast forward a little bit, by 1833, the first significant stretches of railroad tracks um, are being laid in this area to connect the Piedmont. If you're from North Carolina, you're very familiar with the mountains. Yep. The, as you, all right, so you're at Tennessee. You cross the Tennessee border in North Carolina, you're in the mountains. All right? The f- further east you go, you end up in the foothills. Yep. All right? And then you end up in the Piedmont, P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T. And from the Piedmont, you, give, you go east, once you get past Raleigh, the soil gets a little sandy, and then you're at La Beach. Um, so in 1833, the railroad begins to being, being get laid. There you go. That did not come out right. You're going to have to edit that. 1833, we start laying some railroad track to connect the Piedmont um, with the rest of the good old U.S. of A. By 1858... We have become a big tobacco area, uh, whiskey production and distillering, dis, dis, distillerying, <laughs> distilling, distilling. Thank you. I'm tired. Big tobacco area, whiskey distilling, and sellers of herbs. Interesting. Okay. I kept bumping into that about herb production. That is interesting. Yes, maybe we were trying to be Colorado way before our time. Um, In 1891, uh, at this point, 
the Richmond and Danville Railroad is playing a big role in our area. And not far from here, if you go to Spencer, which is in Rowan County, that's a huge railroad hub. Oh, yeah. It's... Um... The transportation museum. I think, yeah, and I think as I said, I think it is the transportation museum because it will, maybe was the North Carolina hub, right? Yeah, south of uh, the one in Virginia, not too far from here is Roanoke. No, it's not Richmond. There's a huge railroad hub up in Virginia, not too far from here, hmm. and I can't think of it. Shoot. But at 2.30 in the morning, which to me is uber, uber early, this train leaves Statesville on August 27th, 1891. All right, I got a question for you. Okay. If you're going on a trip, would you really want to have to leave at 2.30 in the morning? I wonder if it's like, uh, or if it was like airlines are now. Those uh, uh, overnight flights are cheaper. You know, the red eyes are cheaper. The You know, I have to be at the airport way before I ever want to think about being awake. Yeah, oh my gosh. And save 200 bucks or whatever on my ticket. And I, I guess at this time, by the, the, the Golden Spike has been driven. The Sears catalog has jumped from one page to multiple pages, which means, uh, what am I getting at? Lots of freight. Well, lots of watches. Oh. Because if you tell people be here at 2.30 in the morning in the 1700s or in 1823, for instance, yeah, they, they're going to arrive at all sorts of times. Yeah. So in order to have a... Basically, what I'm getting at is if you like history, you pretty much know that what is an engineer in the train at the station holding in his hand? Sure, a watch. A watch, yeah. yeah. Which means the people getting on board, they pretty much have to have access to time. Yeah. yeah, but there's also also a big reason why things like the clock tower, which is another thing Statesville is known for, yeah, were big was a much bigger deal because you know you had if if your city had a clock tower, it was a big deal. Yeah. Otherwise, you probably just had the church bells. Oh uh, yeah. Maybe marking the hours. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, keeping track of time prior to that definitely is not something. And, and to be honest, it's not something a lot of people really would have cared about. Right. You know, I mean, if you live on a farm, you get up when the sun gets up and you eat breakfast and you go work until the sun is high in the sky and then you might stop for lunch and then you go back to work until dark and then you eat supper. Time doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah. Now, if time doesn't matter, it's because I'm on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Vacation means I'm I'm on no schedule. I don't give a crap. Turning the alarm off on the phone. Yes, Jack. So at 2.30 in the morning, these folks get up and look at their watch, and they've got time to get there. Um, They leave Statesville on the Richmond and Danville Railroad line. Now, actually, we find out this train was 34 minutes late, so this gets worse. They were supposed to leave at like 1.50. Okay. 1.55. Okay. Oh, my gosh. The middle of the night, Jack. Um, there's been times I ain't gone to bed till 1.50. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a yeah. bad night. But that, that, that 1, 2, 3 in the morning is the trade-off between, okay, should I try to go to sleep at this point? Especially if you have to get up early. Should I try to go to sleep at this point or should I just stay up? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the trade-off. 
So they leave at 2.30, and they have six cars being pulled by engine number nine. They have a tender car, and I guess we can kind of guess what that is. A tender car? Like coal for the engine, maybe? Yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking it was a fuel. Yeah. yeah. A baggage car. A second-class car. A first-class coach car for the people with the money. But, you know, if you got money, what are you doing leaving at 2.30 in the morning? Um, a Pullman sleeper. And then the superintendent's private personal sleeper. You're important with the railroad if you got your own car. Absolutely. Your whole car, yeah. Um, the engineer is named Bill West. In the paper when this was recorded in the Statesville Landmark. Now it's the record and Landmark, but back then it was the Landmark. Yeah, those are two separate papers that yeah. later joined, yeah. He was uh, recorded as William West. Um, and William was in a hurry because he was 34 minutes late leaving out at 2.30 on the dock. Five minutes into the trip, he's doing 40 miles an hour when he gets to the Boston Bridge and plunges from the bridge from a 60-foot height. He lands at Third Creek, the base of Third Creek, I guess. Is, I don't know how you would say that. On the bank of Third Creek, uh, going 40 miles an hour, which is, so, so, I guess, too fast. He's there's a curve there. Yeah, okay. All right. See, I, I've been, but I'm driving, so I can't really yeah, this drive is, by it. You know? yeah. I, I, I drive by this bridge almost every day. Oh, uh, okay. You know, I drove by that bridge to come here tonight. But it is hard to see. Yeah, right. Because it's like a landscaping road. company, right? There's here a landscaping too. company between you and the bridge, and then the other side is a, a Maymead, the the asphalt people. Yeah. So there's there's kind of a, a road that's sort of almost a driveway for Maymead. You can drive down and, and see it closer. But if you're on the main road, you can see that there's a stone bridge kind of through the trees, but it's not something you can really see from from the road, especially when the leaves are on the trees and all that. I will say this bridge would, would make a great black and white photo. This bridge looks exactly like it did in 1891. Yeah. I mean, it is a stone railroad bridge that's 60 feet high. Five pillars. Yeah. Five spans. Yeah. So he plunges. Now, we know he's going a little fast. For one thing, because he wrecked. But there's some other stuff that happened here that we'll get into momentarily. But the sleeping car, when it came to rest, um, it was 153 feet from where it broke through the railing. Yeah. So it went a long, like an arrow. Yeah. It went, yeah, it's a long trajectory to the ground. I, I, it may have rolled. I don't know. Yeah. You knew, you knew the train was really moving based on how far it was away from the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Survivors walked to Statesville with their limp. East back to Statesville because this happened west of Statesville with the news. The injured were put in private homes because there was no hospital here yet. The old creepy Davis Hospital had not been built yet. Um, the dead were laid out in a tobacco warehouse for identification. Okay. If I was still ghost hunting, I'd be looking for the location of the tobacco warehouse. Mm. You know what I mean? That to me, that would be cool. Sure. Given the stuff that's immediately around there, I, I 
I don't think that's a building that still exists. Right. Yeah, yeah. If it did, it'd be uber old. All right. William Stinson from Statesville and a Mr. We don't have a first name, but Mr. Van Ness from the Queen City, which is, Jared, tell our listeners what the Queen City is. Charlotte. South of here, yep. Big traffic. Um, They took photos. Now, they took photos and then they sold them the following week and made a lot of money. Okay. Yeah. Now, there's a famous YouTuber that recently stumbled upon a dead body. It's been a couple years now in that... Suicide Forest in Japan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And I guess back then it wasn't quite as taboo to publish a a picture of a corpse and make money off of it. Yeah. Now you get kicked off a platform for doing something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's in poor taste. There you go. In very very poor taste. But uh, Mr. Stinson and Mr. Van Ness of Charlotte took a lot of pics and made, I think they probably made a lot of money um, selling the pics. Now, they believe that people, some folks, had gotten up on the bridge, and I don't know why, maybe it was a monetary thing, maybe they were trading them in for money, but they had removed railroad spikes from the track and other metal accoutrement from the track. Because there's more than just railroad spikes that hold these things down, you know? So, you're saying this... you're saying they're guessing this might have been a contributing factor to the wreck, or yeah, this yeah. was done afterwards as a no, souvenir? Okay, contributing factor to the wreck. Okay, okay. Yeah, at some point, some railroad spikes had been, and other stuff had been taken, metal had been taken off the track on the bridge. Okay. Yeah, then it was missing. Um, you can do, I mean, and back then, there would have been a lot more of this, but, you know, I know blacksmiths today that still really want railroad spikes. Because they're high carbon steel and they can make knives and a bunch of other things out of them. Yeah. Um, of course, now you can go along the railroad track and um, I'm not sure about the trespassing laws of walking on the railroad track. I think that's considered trespassing. But when they replace the spikes, they toss the other ones to the side. Yeah. So you so if you're walking along the railroad track now, there's a lot of you know extra spikes just laying off. There is a lot if you've ever done that. Yeah. If you go through right after they redo them, there's a lot. Um, so maybe something like that. Maybe they were taking them to the local blacksmith or doing the blacksmith work themselves and turning them into things that they needed. So for months after this, you know, this happened near the end of August and for months, uh, railroad detectives, there's a job for you. Uh, detectives that were working for the railroad swarmed the area, um, and were trying to figure out what happened. And they're the ones that noticed a lot of stuff missing, holding down the, the wooden beams and stuff. Okay. Uh, two people were blamed on this, and I couldn't find their names. So this happened in 1891, and in 1897, two jailbirds, they were already locked up for previous crimes. So six years later, they felt that they had figured out who removed the metal from the train track, and evidently those guys were to blame for that. But it's also a little convenient way to wrap it up if you're the railroad. Yes. If you blame all these two guys who are already in jail. Six years later. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I never found how many dead there were. I don't know if I just got glassy-eyed and and looking at this or what, but uh, I believe it was... I think I saw a number that said perhaps 60 
something, but I feel like I didn't get a, actually, a definite number of dead. I have seen it at some point. 23 people. Oh, okay. 23 people died. Yep. Okay. Now, check this out. There's something called the Great Train Wreck of 1918. You ever heard of this? Where was it? Tennessee. Okay, no, I don't think so. Ooh, I, I didn't say Tennessee. I said Tennessee. Uh, yeah. The Great Train Wreck of 1918 occurred on July 9th, 1918 in Nashville. You ever been to Nashville? I've not. I've always wanted to go. It's further from here than you think it is. It's a long way. So every time I've looked at going, I'm like, uh, maybe not. Long haul. Uh, two passenger trains operated by the Nashville, Chattanooga, and St. Louis or St. Louis Railway collided head on, costing at least 101 lives and in- injuring an additional 171 people. It was the worst rail accident in U.S. history at that time. Okay. Yep. All right, now check this out. In 2004, there was a major world event. Do you remember what it was? I would not get this if you just asked me. 2004. Yep. And we're all like, oh my gosh. Mm, It wobbled the globe a little bit. Okay. The tsunami. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, the 2004 Sri Lanka tsunami rail disaster is the largest in world history by death toll. Uh, 1,700 souls lost in a train crash. Wow. And it was was because of the tsunami. Yeah. Can you imagine being on a train? And this giant wall of water is coming at you? Yeah, I mean, you know, you think of folks in a building, it's like, get up to the second floor, hurry, you know, whatever, and you're in a car, and you're like, all right, floor, we're getting out of here. But if you're on a train, you're like, well, (laughs) here we go. Yeah. I mean, you're not going anywhere. Well, you are going somewhere, but you ain't going up. Yeah. Yeah. I guess try to hold on as best as you can. Oh, my gosh. 1,700 sold. So the lore behind this is that you can go and see this train coming at you. And do you see the train derail? The ghost train derail? I don't know the answer to that. I guess you would. The only example of this I know of is the one that ended in tragedy a number a few years ago. Uh, it's time to talk about that. Yes. So, so yeah, I don't know. Apart from that, was it the hundred and something? Hundred nineteenth. Hundred and nineteenth, and so that would be twenty uh, twenty. It was um, twenty ten. Oh, you can edit that out. You were, you were <laughs> off by a decade. Yeah, your math was off by. 10. I'm tired. So some people went down there to see the train coming at them, and they were on the bridge, right? Yeah, and so this is, this lore is, this lore kind of kicked off in 1941. Okay. A rider of a car that had a flat tire, this was August 27th, 1941. A car had a flat tire. Okay. And the lady is waiting for help. Okay. And she told people she talked to later that she thought she heard and saw a train crash off the bridge. Awesome. Shattering its old-fashioned wooden passenger cars. That she could even hear the screaming and moaning of the wounded. 
This is just some lady in our And she was so convinced that they went out looking. Like they went to under the bridge looking for a train. Really? So this is this is kind of where this started, that on the anniversary you can see the train the ghost train. Okay. That would have been the fiftieth That would have been the fiftieth. Anniversary. Yep. Now, the way my brain works, it's like this train does not know that it's a milestone year thing. That is a human construct. That's a human concept, you know? Yeah. So anything around the anniversary deal is us saying, look at that cloud. It looks like a dragon. Yeah. You're, You're finding a design in something that you want to find. Yeah. You know, the, the, the ghost train doesn't know what year it is. Yeah. However, on a, on a, on a very big deal anniversary in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, the whole town woke up to the sound of cannon fire and, and gunfire up on a uh, little round top. And they thought teenagers were doing something or there was some reenactment in the middle of the night and the sheriffs and everybody went up there and there was nothing there. They woke the entire town up. Huh. Um, that's a famous story about, and that would involve a major, if that actually transpired the way it sounds, um, you would have thousands of apparitions. Sure. Yeah. Actively engaging in one another. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So based on that, people started on the anniversary of the train wreck going to the bridge. This is 41. That was in 41. Wow. So that is why on August 27th, 2010, around a dozen ghost hunters, amateur ghost hunters, yeah, walked out on Boston Bridge. At night. Yeah. With flashlights. <laughs> and to hear them tell it, they're out on the bridge. And they hear and see a train coming. All right, question. Is the, at this point, is the bridge still in active use from the railway? Absolutely. Oh, trains still come down? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. So they, you know, they're all excited because they see a train coming. The ghost train is coming. They're going to see it. Is it 2.30 in the morning? It is. Oh, man. Okay. And then they realize a little too late. It's a real train. It's not a ghost train. And they're stuck out on this bridge. And, okay, so obviously there's not a place to go stand on the bridge and get out of the way, really. Have you ever walked on a railroad bridge? No. A railroad bridge usually is only really as wide as the tracks. No no sides to it usually, or, or very little. And open under, you know, so between the railroad ties is just air. Oh heck no! So no. you're 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 walking from tie to tie, and you're looking sixty feet down. No, not John. That's that's a typical railroad bridge, and that's, they're that's doing it at night. Yes. Dum 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 on an actively used bridge. Yes. Mm. And they realize it's a real train, so they take off running, and the report I read said two of them. Um, 
didn't make it. Two like, of them. Two of them didn't make it. Oh, across. I thought it was just one. Well, two of them didn't make it off the bridge in time. Oh. And jumped. Hmm. 60 feet. One, the the, the female, um, I believe I saw where she fell about 19 feet and I don't know, landed on a hillside or something. Okay. Was, was injured. Yeah. Her, I believe it was her boyfriend, uh, was killed. From the from the jump, the fall. And so nobody got hit by the train. Um, Sounds like they both jumped. Could you imagine getting hit? Actually, it does say he was hit. He was hit by the train and knocked off the tracks. Man, that's terrible. Um, I can remember when this happened. I I I, uh, I spoke with a volunteer firefighter who responded to this. A friend of mine who responded to this when it happened. Oh, I picked the right thing for tonight. And we got an interview going here, folks. And it was scarring really? to the people who responded to yeah. it. Yeah. Because this guy, when he got knocked off the tracks, essentially got impaled in the top of a tree. Oh. And they had to sit there and listen to him scream while they tried to get, you know, a ladder truck or something up there to him to get him down. And he didn't survive he didn't his make it. injuries. Yeah, he didn't make it. But they had to sit here and listen to this guy scream as they were trying to get to him. Wow. It's a wonder that didn't make it into a whole news story where you go and on August 27th at like 2.36 in the morning listen for this guy hollering. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so so don't walk out on an active railroad bridge in the middle of the night. Or anytime. Yeah. So what's interesting to me? That's awesome. I had no idea. Yeah. That you had okay, that you had that close contact with this kind of with this story in particular. So it just goes to show you the power of lore, and lore is story, it's myth. But I just find it so interesting that you can. It has that kind of power. Where to get you out on a bridge? That if you're not watching, you might fall through the bridge in the middle of the night with a flashlight where I know these people ain't put fresh batteries in the flashlights. You can tell you right now, there's probably alcohol involved. But the lore, the story will get them out there. And yet, you can't get... I just think it's so interesting that the real story, like history, we can't. you can't get people hmm. interested in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I just find that fascinating. And then you end up repeating history. And and so I actually here you have a repeat as well. You have a fatality happen. Yeah. You know? But it just goes to show the power of story and how it, there's a hook there. And, man, you get that hook in your jaw, it will drag you places you would not normally go to try and experience something yeah. that you normally wouldn't experience. You know what I'm saying? So have you ever ghost hunted? I have not. You have not. Okay. Not not really my cup of tea. Right. But I have walked out on a railroad bridge, but it was not an inactive use railroad bridge. But it's it's still. I mean, if you have any problem with heights, that ain't yeah. Don't no. don't look down. Yeah. And if it's a windy day, no. And you gotta look down or you'll fall through. You know what I mean. <laughs> Oh, I saw Bear Grylls one time on Man vs. Wild. Uh, now it's probably staged. I don't know. But uh, he was coming out of a train tunnel, and here came the train, and he was way up high. And he there was some sort of some sort of railing 
And I think he grabbed the railing and just hung on the other side of the bridge till the train passed or whatever. Mm. He's he's crazy. But yeah, it's high. Um to go check this out somehow. I'm not gonna do it in the middle of the night. I've like I've I've looked at it while I'm driving by on Buffalo Shoals Road. I think it's right off of Buffalo Shoals Road. It is. Um and I thought I can't really check this out without um either asking a question that makes me look like a real nut job. Or to the people that own the businesses right there, or trespassing, and I ain't trespassing. Yeah, that's that's the thing is it's it is very it's it's essentially impossible to get to without trespassing. Right. Um, you know, there's a there's farmland really underneath, directly underneath the bridge. Right. Um, but you would have to really to get to it. You're going to have to. Park there where it crawl where the where the train tracks cross Buffalo Shoals and walk out the tracks. And again, walking on train tracks, I think it's actually federal trespassing, but no, no, it's trespassing. Wow! So people do it, but it is technically trespassing. So okay, wow. Plus, you know, if you get caught on the if you get caught on the bridge, uh, yeah, you become a news story. Yeah, impossible lore for future generations. So, so a couple of years ago, I was I was coming through there one morning, and there was a lot of people parked like alongside the road, people with cameras and 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 stuff, and it was it was it was unusual. Caught my eye. Okay. And uh, around the time, I, just about the time I got to that railroad crossing, a steam, like a coal fired steam driven locomotive like uh like a great smoky mountain railroad truck okay yeah came came down the tracks and presumably i guess it had been announced ahead of time because all those people there take pictures of it okay but all i could think about because it's an old timey train yeah, was this with these old cars was this story wow and you had the same kind of train going down the same tracks and crossing the same bridge wow that's cool i wonder if he was from spencer my thought was, and I don't even know if these tracks connect, but my thought was, because I think it, I'm not positive it actually said Great Smoky Mountain Railroad on the side, but it might have. Oh, okay. Uh, so my thought was maybe one of theirs went to somewhere like Spencer for maintenance or something. And yeah. And was coming back, but yeah. But I'm not, I'm, I never did find the story of why that particular train was on those tracks that okay. day. Okay. Well... I think that is the Boston or Boston Bridge tragedy and some of the lore that um, that goes along with it. Yep. Creepy. Tragic. Don't take a train in the middle of the night. Don't stand on a railroad bridge in the middle of the night. Don't do things in the middle of the night except sleep <laughs> and get up to pee and go back to bed, folks. Stay off railroad bridges, all right? Yeah. You got anything else? I think I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, if you, dear listener, have any crazy local, and I know you do, we all do. That's part of lore. That's how it works. Let us know your crazy um, lore, mythical ghost train story around your area. Um, Email us at wmuhpodcast at gmail.com. And let us know um, what's going on in your area that you could go out in the middle of the night and take pictures of creepy things. Yep. All <laughs> right. Yep. You can also find us on social media at WMUH Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Rate, like, and subscribe. 
And we'll see you next week. See you next week for episode 54.